Hey there, survivors. It's Rosanna from MindShift Thrive Global Ministries. Thank you again for joining us on another episode. I wanted to talk about your identity in Christ. And as a survivor, we're working on our healing journey together. So I want to touch upon the love of Jesus and what the Apostle Paul talked about in the book of 1 Corinthians. So I want you to remember something really, really special and important. Jesus loved us first, and he came to this earth to exemplify perfect love. He loved every single type of person, the most marginalized, the poorest, the rejected, the needy, the ones that weren't the most likable. And I think that says a lot about in our healing journey when we feel really low about ourselves and we don't understand why we feel a certain way, God can remind us that since he loved us first and he brought his son to die for us, he actually gave his life for us. I think that tells you how much love he actually has. And we were a part of that big love story. Just so you can sit with those words, the fact that someone will sacrifice their love, everything that they have, and their entire life. The most powerful thing is when he rose again, because he wants to take us back. He wants to take us back into an eternal life. And I do want to share three verses that are very critical when we are identifying ourselves in Christ, because once we get out of a very difficult relationship, we're not sure where to go. And sometimes we don't know who we are because we were so wrapped up with our abuser, with our perpetrator, with our partner for X amount of years. And we thought that they were the center of our world. Well, when you become a believer and you start following the way, the truth, the life, Jesus Christ, he becomes the center of your world. And then you start realizing how much he loves you. And that, lo that love looks way different than what you live through with your partner. So I wanna bring you into the New Testament. Apostle Paul, he goes into the church of Corinth and this particular verse is very popular at wedding ceremonies. Many of you have heard of it and they use it for husbands and wives, but it's actually used for the church, for brothers and sisters in the Lord. And Paul makes it very apparent that it's the most excellent way to be above everything else is to love each other. So as a survivor in that space where you're healing, when I read you the, this particular verse, think of how much Jesus loved you and how you are, ought to express that love, not only for others, but more importantly, right now in the healing journey for yourself. Fill yourself up with the love that Jesus has for you. And it goes like this. It's chapter 13 and it's verse four. Love is patient. So be patient with yourself. When you have these thoughts in your mind, when you start feeling down or anxious, be patient that you're growing, you're learning about yourself. You're trying to understand how to put yourself back together again. Love is kind, be kind to yourself, speak to yourself gently. And then when you think about yourself, give yourself some positive self-talk, some positive affirmations. Why? Because God loves you even more than you can ever imagine. So when you look at yourself, brush it off, let it go. And it's things from the past that we need to deal with. But right now, if we have to keep it moving, 
continue to be loving to yourself. So love is kind. It does not envy. So don't get jealous. Don't get jealous of others. Why? Because you're so un you're unique. You're custom built. You're fearfully and wonderfully ma made. And that's another reminder. The uniqueness, how you've been crafted by God. Don't compare yourself to other people. We all look different. We all have different personalities. That's the beauty of humanity. We come from different places, different customs, different languages, and we share in each other's uniqueness. Do not boast. So again, love doesn't come from being arrogant or thinking that you're better than somebody else. What can you see in your fellow brother or sister that you don't see in yourself, that you really admire? And maybe that's something that you want to work on, but you also want to see yourself as someone who has a lot to offer. So start discovering what you like and what you don't like. So that way, when you see and discover the strengths and abilities that God has in you that you haven't seen before, then your confidence in Christ increases and you start seeing yourself for how he built you as an individual. It does not dishonor others. So when I say it does not dishonor others, you don't want to disrespect other people just as a human being. You want to honor them as humans. If they disrespect you, there are boundaries. We can talk about that on another episode, but let's continue. It's not self-seeking. So are you trying to take advantage of a situation because it's for your own personal gain? Or are you looking for the betterment overall as a society or within that sphere of influence? How can we benefit each other? How can it be a win-win situation? It's not easily angered and that's not easy to do because sometimes we get irritable and it's not that it's necessarily a sin, but irritability can stem from perfectionism. I know that I've struggled through that and it's a frame of mind where you're comparing yourself to how it ought to look like. But if you are confident in Christ, then you remind yourself, okay, Christ is a perfect one. He's the one that's going to guide me. It's okay. Let me breathe it out. I don't know where it's coming from. I'll try to figure that out later, but God loves me anyway. And I am loved beyond measure. So there is that affirmations that God does love me. I'm custom built. I am valued more than rubies. I am the heir to the throne. All these things that come to mind. And when the further you get into the word, the more you understand his depth and his love for you is eternal. It's always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. And it does not delight in evil. So to wrap it up, in order to be in this state of mind, in order to shift your mind, and this is why it's so important to understand where the mind shifting comes from. Because if you catch yourself saying things or thinking things that start making you feel less than, start questioning your worth, you know that's not coming from God. So we gotta get into the spirit and take out that flesh. That flesh is believing the lies that you've been taught, believing other people saying certain things. And when other people say things about you, it's not really, it's usually not about you. It's usually about what's happening with them then, with them themselves. 
and it's a deflection, like a self-defense mechanism. And in that state of mind, you cannot be around that type of environment. So you say to the person, I need to step away. I need to detach because what's going on right now is not healthy. And I feel disrespected. Let them know how you feel. As long as you are kind, bold, and truthful, and you let yourself know that these are my limits, you are doing the right thing. God loves someone who is honest and kind. And so love is indispensable. Paul talks about this in the church. And it's really important. That's a big reason why this is a very popular verse between wife and husband. It talks about a little bit of everything, right? That's just perfection. We can't get it right all the time, but God is the one that will lead you towards a perfect love. I'm going to use this chime because we're going to go into this next segment. You ready? I love this noise. I want everybody to close their eyes. And just for a second, we're going to breathe it out. Deep breath in. And release. Keep your eyes closed. Isn't that soothing? I love these handmade musical instruments. They're beautiful. So we're going to transition into another biblical verse. So right now we are in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23. Why is this important? Because once again, Paul reiterates how, what love really looks like, right? So he goes into saying, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance means a lot of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What does that mean? The passions and desires that we have within the world can be fueled by our separation from God. And our separation from God, many of us in the Christian realm call that sin. Now, when you're in that state of mind where you're sinning, you're doing something that feels wrong, you're hurting yourself or you're hurting someone else, then you're living in the flesh, right? Because we are incarnate. Incarnate means that we are a spirit being. We are living our entire soul and spirit comes from God, right? But we have to live within this world. We struggle between living within the spirit, which is the love of God and all these things that I've just mentioned, because we're, what we're trying to do as survivors is build upon on our, on our identity with Christ. And then when we have the flesh, which is the old patterns that we used to have, then that's going to clash. So it comes to the point where, okay, I have to make a decision. And the only way you can make that type of distinction is being within the word, being amongst fellow believers. Let's keep being in community. Don't lose that. Because the more support that you have survivors, the more you're going to understand that you're not alone. Because we're here 
to heal with each other one day at a time. And that's one of the things that I noticed in my faith journey and my walk, that if I didn't have my friends, my fellow friends from church to call or to text or to pray with, I didn't know what to do, especially at the beginning. It was very new for me. So reading the word is important, but if you don't understand it and you don't have someone to go to that can help guide you through it, then it's going to be tough. You might get frustrated. You're going to be like, oh, this isn't for me. And then you're going to get distracted. So just remember, pull yourself back in and remember that God loves you incredibly so that you can, you can never imagine how much love that he has for you. So when I, when I talk about these specific verses, it's to build your identity in him so that you can see yourself the way Jesus sees you. And that's why these two verses are really important to discuss. Now, going back to what does a husband and wife relationship look like? That's really important too, because we made our partners the center of our life. We made them our everything. So we took a lot of things that we shouldn't have taken and we justified it. We were ignorant to the fact that it was going to get worse. We didn't know any better. Whatever reason is your reason, it's your reason. I had mine, you had yours. So everyone has motivation for staying, but we now know that it's toxic and that is not a representation of the way Christ loved the church. So we're gonna go into the book of Ephesians and that's gonna be also chapter five, verses 21 through 33. Ephesians chapter five. And it goes like this. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> A lot to take in. When I first read this, I admit, I said, who does this? <laughs> this is like a perfect marriage. And does the man even know that he like has to love his wife or his partner the way he loves himself? And then I started thinking about all the foolishness that happened to me in, in that relationship. And I'm like, of course he doesn't love himself the way he was treating me that you don't love yourself when you treat somebody so badly like that. And like I said, it's very important for you to understand that it's reciprocated love. Meaning, this love that I just mentioned is a lot of give and take, back and forth. It complements each other. So the husband has his responsibilities and she has her responsibilities. But this can only work when Christ is at the center of the marriage. Does it work every day? No, 
It doesn't work every day. That's not realistic. But do the spouses come back to each other and reconcile and forgive one another? Yes, because the more you follow Christ, the more he's going to fill you with his attributes. You start becoming calmer, more at peace. You see things from a distance. You give yourselves enough space and then you come back. So realistically speaking, life is not perfect, but when you are living in this type of space, in this love, the both of you, then the love can grow. But when you're in a toxic relationship, both of you are messed up. One of you is more messed up than the other. We don't know who, but the point is that it is wrong to hit, to speak, with disrespect, with foul language to one another, to throw things, to manipulate, to control, to use finances, to, to, try to, to try to gain something from the other partner, whatever it may be. Anything that's abusive, anything that wants to take dominion over another person is not operating from a space of love. And this is why after you get out of this relationship, you start defining what love looks like for yourself and how you start relating to other people. Start asking yourself, how can I love myself more? How can I love others more? But when you're healing, you need to focus on your inner growth more so before you can move to the next phase of building stronger connections in relationships with people that will also love you back people that, that will also appreciate you. Remember these things because as you build, then your expectations of others are going to change because your expectations of yourself through Christ is already changing. Those are the, definitely the verses that I find very important to establish a foundation of what love looks like as we begin to heal and how we begin to identify in who Christ is in general, who Christ is for this world, and who Christ is as he lives within us. Survivors, that concludes this wonderful episode of just a little snippet, a little picture of the love that God has for you. And where do we begin? How we start reshifting our mind, right? And how do we start to fill ourselves with the love that Jesus has for us? I want to end with another little chime so we can bring it down with peace and love as we continue on our day. And it goes like this. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, and I'll begin. And now exhale. Thank you for joining me, and I can't wait to see you next time. I love you. God bless survivors. Please stay safe.